Uh, yeah, we should do an intro. Uh, so welcome. Welcome, 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 welcome to our podcast. That was nice. Is that nice? That's good. And it's Do you def- know where that's from? No, I don't. So it's from She's the Man. Uh, and they go, welcome, 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 welcome to Illyria. Uh, of course. Yeah. I've been talking about She's the Man r- recently. Because it's a classic. Yeah. And also because we have been thinking about an actor in that movie, which is actually... Oh! We're actually going to report on something to do with that actor. Mm. Um, it's not Amanda Bynes, although I hear Damn shame. that she apparently is doing much better She's now. She's doing well. She's doing well. We love her. We loved a bit of the Amanda Bynes show. I still, I've been talking about the Amanda show with um, Sophie and Forty at home. So. Yeah, because I, I truly didn't know that Amanda and Penelope Tate were both the same person. Oh! I've had that happen with me. So the Hilary <laughs> Duff movie, um, the Lizzie McGuire movie. Yeah, yeah. Where the plot is that she goes to Italy on a school trip, end of year 10 equivalent. Yep. And she pretends to have a cold so that she can get discovered as a singer and participate in some sort of singing thing that she's been lured into by an Italian playboy. Because the real singer who looks just like her, Isabella. But has dark hair. Yeah. Uh, has broken up with him and so she won't sing. Or he won't let her sing or whatever. Mm. And then in the end, her and Isabella come together and they sing together. Yeah, on stage. And my dad kept saying, like, it's that is the same person. They're both Hilary Duff. And I didn't believe him. <laughs> and I was like, but the, how could they be in the same frame? Really, though? Truly. So I was duped. I remain a steadfast Hilary Duff fan to this day. Big, big Big Hillary Duff fan. I know you are. You are a very strong advocate. And I feel HD. like I did really well in picking a sturdy horse as a child mm. for who I was going to be a fan of. Oh, yeah. Because I was a fan of <clears throat> Hillary Duff, Emma Watson, Rupert Grint. Can you say anything bad about those people? I can't. I was searching my you mind. You can't. There's nothing bad to be said. I reached into the deepest catacombs of my mind and I couldn't find a single thing. Many a time, just clearing the clear the space frames. I mean, you've licked all the flavor out of that bowl. It sounds like a euphemism. It absolutely is not. It's a real bowl with flavor you can see. Yeah, I mean, we often say um, it's a bit of a shame that I'm not more of a bowl licker. Was it? It was you. Your your mum was trying to. She thought I was coming out. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, she was trying that to be. Was she was trying to be supportive. <laughs> I um, because mm. I said to her, you know, sometimes these vulnerable conversations they're hard, and I had been on a few dates with someone, and we decided um, to make things official by both deleting the dating apps. Ah, uh, okay. And I thought, um, yeah. um, so I we deleted the dating apps, and there was a sort of family dinner type occasion coming up and I thought that would be a natural time to introduce him to my mum. And so I said to her, there's a person I've been seeing for a bit and I really like them. And then I exited the room. I just said that on like a drive-by sort of. And you've used an inclusive pronoun. And I've used it and I don't really even think about that, but I've used a non-gender specific pronoun. Hmm. And so she's probed a little bit while expressing her support and said, and are they a woman? (laughs) Serena. Which isn't like a funny concept in and of itself. No, it's just. But I was really confused because I didn't know how we got there. Yeah. And then she expressed her support and I said, that's nice, but it's a man. I'm firmly in team. I like men. It reminds me of, um, do you remember that episode of Ab Fab where um, Eddie is trying to find something interesting about Safi and <laughs> yes. that she's gay? Oh my God. Yeah. What we that. are here to report on. Here's an activity we did together. We did. And I'm really, I was so pleased you said yes to this because I was absolutely prepared to go alone. I didn't know if it was going to be your cup of tea. I didn't want you to go and not enjoy yourself. Now I accepted the invitation, mm. completely assuming I would have a fine time. Okay, great. 
But what I didn't anticipate was how good a time I had. I have been raving about this to anybody who will listen. So uh, it's been Valentine's Day this week. Mm, It has. And in my head, this was my Valentine's Day activity. Okay. So not on the day, but on the Friday. On the day would have been full of too many couples, I think. Too much. Hornbag energy. Yep. As they might say in Kath and Kim. They might. Um, do you know what? Kath and Kim is so rude. She's constantly saying Kel's going to cream his jeans. And I only oh. just worked out what that meant. Oh, yeah. Every time she says it, I'm like, yuck. It's, anyway. It's honestly gross. <clears throat> it's so gross. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we went to see Magic Mike, The Last Dance or Mike's Last Dance. The third Magic Mike, basically. It's installment number three. It's installment number three. Number one was your classic. It was a, it was a documentary about his time as a stripper. Yes. <laughs> number two, and I remember this distinctly. Now, you'd not seen number two. I've not seen number two. No. I suggested that probably wouldn't matter. Do you know what? As far as I can tell, it didn't. No. Um, no, it didn't. I don't think that changed our enjoyment of it at all. I'd seen number two. In number two, he said he knew what the fans wanted, so he was going to give less plot, more sex appeal. So that was what number two was. Did he deliver? I've not seen it, so I can't report. Absolutely. Okay. In number three, I wasn't anticipating what we got in terms of the the piece of art cinema that we enjoyed on Friday night. I have to say, I left the the theatre feeling so full, like my cup was felt full. My cup full, was so full. Um, and not just for the sex appeal of it all. No. I really, really, really enjoyed the plot. I genuinely enjoyed it. Okay, so I'll just start us from, uh, we went to a Hoyts. We went to, we've gone to our local Hoyts for two reasons. One, candy bar. Two, reclining chairs. Yeah, and bonus is you can validate your parking, so it's free for the time you're there. That is important too. We both forgot to do that. Yeah, your parking was substantially more than mine. Because I was obviously there an hour before the showtime to run some errands. But the last time we went to the movie, I beat you there. So I wasn't anticipating that. I know, but I lied to you about what time it was. Yeah. <laughs> I was still late for that. I told you the truth about this one. So it was a 6.40 showing. I've got there at 5.40. I've run my errands um, at 6.30. You respond to a text message. I did, yeah. And just before that, you were like, I'm about to leave school. Yeah. Um, you respond yes. to a text message with like love heart eyes or whatever. And I've said, have you only just left school? Because it was 6.30. It was 6.40 showing. I'd not left school. I'd actually had arrived already at the mall. I know. I was sh- shook to my very core. Not only had I arrived, parked, entered the premises, I because I was st- Starving. I hadn't eaten anything all day. And I thought, I know that we had promised to have candy bar for dinner. Mm. Um, but candy bar, I don't mean an actual candy bar. I mean like visiting. Going the, to the candy g- bar. To the candy bar to buy the food and yeah, stuff. And that would be our dinner. Um, but I was really, really, really hungry. And I also wanted a wine. So <laughs> yes. I thought I must put some carbohydrates in my body. Yes. So I went and got some, I got some sushi. And that's adulthood for you. Yeah, it is. Pre-gaming <laughs> with sushi before your wine. <laughs> So I'm sitting there and I think, well, I'll get a wine while he makes his way here to the foyer. I'm literally like, I was probably, I'm going to say 80 meters away from you. <laughs> okay. Well, it was enough time. <laughs> was it? Oh, but no, but I was sitting down to eat. For shenanigans. Yeah. To occur while I ordered my wine. So I go up to the wine Did section. things happen? There's no, there's a big projected menu. Nothing on there about the wine options. I can't quite see. I can see they've got several white wines, but I can't quite see what they are from mm-hmm. my vantage point. Mm-hmm. So I just say to the young man, uh, I'm just looking for a glass of white wine. And he says, sure, any particular kind. And I went, well, what have you got? Mistake number one. This poor soul nearly died trying to get out the words Sauvignon Blanc and Pinot Grigio. Nearly died. Poor thing. Um. So, and Chardonnay, but, you know, that was a bit more straightforward for him. But did he say Chardonnay <clears throat> in true Kath and Kim fashion? No, he said Chardonnay. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one he did the best job with. 
Sauvignon mm. Blanc, he tried mm. several times before he settled on, like he was playing with it in his mouth. Just say Savvy B if you're not sure. So or turn, the, turn the screen around or get me the physical menu and give it to me and Which point to existed. them. Which existed. Or pull them yeah. out of the cupboard and hold them up. I don't care. But I, it is like he has never had to do something as scary as say Sauvignon Blanc. So he goes for, he settles on Sauvignon <laughs> Blanc. It's honestly like <laughs> phonetic. And I'm like, I am not going to order that. I wanted the Sauvignon Blanc. I can't order it now because I will have to say back to him Sauvignon Savant- Blanc. Yeah. Or, and make him realize what he's done. Or have him not realize that when I say Sauvignon Blanc, I'm asking for the Sauvignon Blanc. Or have him... Or I'm going to have to say it that way myself so that we're communicating effectively. So that's off the table. There's too many barriers. I don't like Chardonnay, generally. Me either, no. So I've chosen the Pinot Grigio. Yep. Even though I know Yeah, even though I know it's going to be sweet, it's fine. Everything I'm eating is going to be sweet. It'll go with the food. Yep. He says, do you want a big glass or a small glass? And I said, one, glass is an overstatement. That is a plastic cup that looks like you should put a sample in for a doctor. It it says in green writing on the side, biodegradable. (laughs) Okay. Two, obviously I want a big glass. We're here for several hours. <laughs> I'm not here to put shoes on caterpillars. Exactly. <laughs> and so he pours the big glass and then he just goes, that'll be $17, please. <laughs> As though he is not extorting me. So for the first time, I whip out a phrase that I have only ever heard my granddad use. I've said, no, I wanted a glass, not a bottle. <laughs> I've <laughs> Nearly killed the poor boy, which is why when you arrive and we make our way back to the wine station, he is a shaken in his trainers. This is making a lot of sense. It's explaining a lot, isn't it? Because when I arrive, I'm like, you're there, you've got your wine. You looked fairly relaxed, actually, for someone who's had to deal with this ordeal, masking very well. Well done. Thank you. Um, I've arrived, I've now had two sushi rolls. I'm feeling like I can conquer the world. You could do anything right now. I can have a large red wine. Sigourney Weaver's on your shoulder. She's with me. She's kicked ass all day. She has. She's been kicking goals. She's been keeping me honest. Making sure I did all my things to the best of my abilities. I'm now ready to continue that. You're on time. I'm on time. Not. I'm not only on time. I'm early enough to go and get myself a pre-dinner dinner. dinner To be responsible for the drinking and to still not stress me out. Precisely. Which is like extra early, early. I know. I was being very good. Yeah. So it's 6.35. And so then I look at the menu. Yes. And um, by this time, a physical menu has appeared on the bar. That was not an <laughs> option for me. He's Maybe he's reflected. I think he has. Uh, so I'm flicking through and I'm going, oh, well, I feel like a wine. That's what I want. And then, um, so I'm looking at the list and, excuse me the marks it came out my nose <laughs> <Really> <laughs> i hate when that happens i was like ah it's a spicy sneeze <laughs> um <laughs> uh, apologies you can't go around in public referring to sneezes as the spicy sneeze these days oh my god you're right because <laughs> it's a spicy cough i forgot about covid mm. anyway so a, a physical menu has now appeared on the thank bar. heavens honestly penny evans um so i'm perusing yes and I already know what I want. Like, I, I know I want a glass of Pinot Noir. Yep. Uh, which is exactly what I asked for. I asked for a large. And then, shock me. I warn you. I say, <laughs> uh, by the way, a large was $17. And you're like, I don't care. I will throw money at this bitch. Yep. And mine was actually $18. $18? Do- $18 for a glass of wine is highway robbery. $18 for a plastic <laughs> cup. Of wine. It's like the cup you get full of juice on an airplane. It's not even a buzz. Like, I know, I know it said large and it looked reasonably full, but the shape of the glass was deceptive, I think. It was deceptive. Um, it was. I was absolutely paying $18 for one glass of wine. Like a standard drink. Yeah, for sure. A conservative standard drink. Oh, mate. So this is the beginning of the end. Then, because because you've had your time to reflect and suss out the venue, because mm-hmm. I've been... I've been responsibly getting some sushi. Yes. So you've been eyeing off exactly what you're going to do and making a plan in your head. I'm not privy to the plan. I'm just following you around. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's not like me to have a plan in my head. Which is absolutely fine because I'm like, oh, whatever. Let's just do whatever. And because you'd bought the tickets, I was buying the candy bar. That's right. That's right. Uh, so we did our own wines. Fine. Yeah. Because um, that would not have equaled out. No. and We'd so have blown you, the budget already. You wanted... I we, wanted oh. ice cream and chips because I was having candy bar for dinner. Yes, exactly. And if you're going to do it, do it properly. Yeah. Otherwise, just why are you going to the movies get anyway? It, get it, get it, girl. Get yeah. it, girl. Yeah. Yeah. That was the vibe. Get her some business. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you're looking at me like I'm crazy, but I think that was a line in the movie. <laughs> no, it was give her the business. <laughs> um, so, I've gone straight for the Ben and Jerry's. I respect it. And then, but the woman... Could asked, not remember my order. She couldn't remember your order. And after you placed your order, she looks at me because I'm standing next to you. And she goes, and, and what are you having? I was like, oh, no, nothing. And she's like. She was aghast. She just, like could not. Couldn't compute. Why? I don't know why she couldn't deal with that information. No. I was, and I was like, look, I, the lactose doesn't agree with me. Yeah. You said, no, I can't be having any lactose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is true. But I just, I've never had to justify not ordering Wanting something. ice cream. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought I've already, I'm already, I already know. You know what you want. The lactose I'm going to let into my body is a whole packet of Maltesers. Yes. Like I already know that that's you've what's mentally, happening. that's where you've spent your lactose. Yeah. I, I've already spent, um, I don't want to be in lactose deficit with extra ice cream. No. Also, even if I'd wanted it, I would not have had the physical hands to carry it. We were so loaded. We basically couldn't <laughs> carry all of the stuff that we'd bought. Zoe I got the Ben and Jerry's <laughs> with a sprinkle cone, which was the best decision I've ever made in my whole life. Was it good? It was so nice, but the venue was so hot, even though like, Normally, the cinema is air-conditioned lots. It was such a hot night that the Ben & Jerry's was soup by the time we got in there. And I just mostly wore it. Yeah. Yep. Oh, oh. Is that how you got it on you? Yes! Because <laughs> <laughs> you just looked at me at the end of the movie and said, I've worn my ice cream and I won't be talking about it. And I was like, okay. You need not say a thing. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm bas- it's soup in a cup. Thankfully, the waffle cones of Ben and Jerry's are really sturdy. Okay. So it didn't get all melty, but it, in the dark was impossible. I was just, it was all down my front. Yeah. And another thing that happened, um, oh, well, I was just going to say, it was it was dark when we went in there. And I'm thinking, we're on time. Like when we walked in, the trailers had started. I did not anticipate that because we were precisely on time. Um, but there was a bit of juggling that we there had to do on the juggling. way in. I was like, okay, because I've already got this. You had finished your wine, luckily. Mm. I I had, had to, yeah. Well, I downed it before because I couldn't carry it, the ice cream and the, the ice cream, the chips and the frozen drink. So, because I'm thinking, I want this wine. Yes. I want my frozen drink. Yes. And because it's what I get every single time and I'm a creature of habit at the film. Yep. I'm getting a small popcorn and tipping a whole bag of Maltesers in it. Oh, of course you are. And, but then I, cause I, I just had so many things. And because we I had, had so many things in our hands and then I had to dig the tickets out. Now, before you came, I thought I'd accidentally not bought tickets. Which is very unlikely. I was freaking out. I was searching my email. I couldn't find them. I had to go back through my bank statement to make sure the payment had come out that I'd actually bought them and the date that I'd bought them on. Oh, okay. But the date on the bank statement was different to the date that they emailed to me because it took a few days to go through. Oh, okay. So the email was proceeding. The email was, yeah, the email was earlier than the bank statement. Gotcha. Yeah. And just for some reason, like it was there, but for some reason when I searched Hoyts or I searched Confirmation or Magic Mike, it just wasn't pulling it up. So I had to manually find the tickets. (gasps) The relief, because I did check and it had sold out. Yeah, it was a packed cinema. It was a packed cinema. And Tom's leant over to me and he went, is is this the opening night? It was like 6.40 on a Friday night. <laughs> I really thought it might be the opening night. These I, are Magic Mike's biggest fans. It was full. And I tell you, you could smell the pheromones in the air. And I had noted to you via text message as you were making your way in that there was a disproportionate number of very tall ginger square-jawed men. You did mention that. In the cinema. And, and we were wondering what film they were going to see. And are they all going to see the same one? Are they all going to see Ant-Man and the Wasp? What are they all going to watch? Turns out, Magic it was, Mike. It was Magic Mike. It was they Magic were, Mike. They were there to see Magic Mike. They were there to see Magic Mike. There were a few mother-daughter duos. Yep. Yeah, there were. And I think... There were a couple of couples. There were a few couples. Um, we were actually sitting next to some. We were. And they- I think... The, Were they annoyed the with dude, us? The dude was chill, but okay. the girl sitting next to me, she 
had had enough of you and me. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, no, I was, I did not feel sorry at all. Um, to avoid any interactions with her, I moved all of my stuff to your cup holder. <laughs> oh, well, I wasn't using it. I'm sorry. Magic Mike is absolutely the film that you expect <laughs> audience participation in. Oh, my God. Do you know what I noticed, though? This is something I want to reflect straight up, reflect on, is that there were several jokes... That no that, one cracked up that at. That no one got except for you and me. Yes. There were actual intellectual jokes. There were smart <laughs> jokes. And I was like, that's really funny. And we I was laughed. Screaming. And no one laughed. And I was like, that's a really uh, clever joke. Okay. So I'm walking in based on Magic Mike 2. Okay. I'm expecting even less plot, even more sex appeal. I've got no expectations whatsoever because I've not seen number two. The movie opens with the voice of what is clearly like an adolescent or young girl. <laughs> I was already laughing. <laughs> Narrating the sort of downtrodden, out on his luck, 40-something-year-old man who has to work as a barman because his business has gone down the toilet during COVID. I'm going to give some um, some me. context that people can <laughs> grab onto. And what I want you to imagine, listeners at home, is... I want you to think about a year 11, maybe year 12 drama performance monologue. And that is exactly what it sounded like. Like it is, it's spoken as though it's really deep and meaningful, but it's actually just like right click synonyms all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It was so funny. And the juxtaposition of the voiceover with the scene that they open with, which is just a party full of grownups that I mistook for a divorce party. As did I. Okay. Yeah. Because it didn't make sense to me when the party's over and the really rich woman is by herself and she is asking Magic Mike if she can pay for a one-off lap dance. Yeah. $6,000. I've got no questions about that. We're throwing that at Channing Tatum for a lap dance. That's fine. That made total sense to me from my knowledge from film number one. Absolutely fine. Yeah. No questions. He's like, I don't really do that anymore. Um, And she's like, $6,000. And he's like, I'll do that one more time. Okay. So... Then we're transitioning to there and he's like, but you should have a drink first. Why is she not already drunk? Precisely because it was clearly a divorce party. Apparently it was a charity gig. I don't know. And because then her frenemies, um, and I'm using that term very precisely because they were clearly meant to be her friends, but obviously just backstabbing bitches. um, We're talking smack about her. Yes. And I thought if... This is a divorce party. It's a divorce party. And... If you're the person being spoken about, it's so obvious. Because there was that joke when he was manning the bar where the girl recognized him from him having been a stripper. Yeah, yeah. 10 years beforehand. And she said, like she was with a new partner and she was getting married again or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And she says to him, see you in 10 years. See you in another 10 years. (laughs) Nobody laughed at that. It was really funny. And she works in divorce law. No one laughed. It was so funny. You and I laughed, but the rest of the cinema did not get it. Oh, it was so good. It was just depressing because it was a packed cinema. It was so funny because her like dumb pretty boyfriend didn't get it. (laughs) (laughs) So they do this sexy dance. He dances on her. There's a few things I've got to say about this dance. I thought it was really good. It was really good. Yeah. Obviously, he's a good dancer. We know this. This is fact. Yeah. It's already not news. She's well endowed. She's dressed nicely. Pretty lady. She's got a lot of tit. She's got a lot of tit. Um, <clears throat> so he, before the dance happens, is like, you better have a drink and finish it. And then he goes and he starts tugging on these built-in bookshelves she's got. <laughs> and I just fully accepted... Watching that, I was like, (laughs) I fully accepted that that is just what straight boys do when they enter your house. They just start knocking on architraves, start tugging on things, start asking you like what material it's made of, what year it was made. I'm so glad that you had the same thought because I thought nothing of that until he was using it as part of the dance later. Yeah. I was like, he's just checking the structural integrity. I was like, that absolutely tracks. tracks i just had no i had no questions about it i didn't think anything else except like straight men enter houses and they knock on stuff can i tell you something though all the people in the cinema which is everyone but us who didn't get the intellectual jokes absolutely knew that that was for sex and we yeah and we were just like <laughs> mm. so then later on in the dance he's using these built-in framed like wire framed metal framed bookshelves to kind of suspend his weight from yeah 
and they turn the camera angle upside down so that it looks like for a minute we're looking at it as though we're at the top. Oh, down. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. All I could think when they did that angle was that it reminded me so much of when people post pictures of cats from underneath glass tapers. <laughs> And you're looking at their bellies and their feet. (laughs) And they look like flat. Yeah. (laughs) That's Mm. all I could think with that particular camera (laughs) angle. It needs a name that denotes the cat table phenomenon. (laughs) Secondly, my other thought is, as he's disrobing. Now, I will say. In the initial scene. Yeah. I will say about this film, no G-strings. No, I liked that it was a slightly more tasteful. I liked the alluding to it yes. more than the actual like visual of it itself. I actually preferred yes. that. I didn't mind, but it surprised me. Anyway, so my other thought during that dance, it was a very good dance, mm. but it was very, I like Magic Mike for the like poppy hip hoppy numbers where a whole group of men are dancing in sync. You want step up strippers. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Glee strip it thon. Like I just anything where there's a group of people dancing in unison, I like that because I cannot keep a beat. I can't okay. even clap in time. So I find it really impressive. I'm gonna confirm that that is true. <laughs> <laughs> can't sing, can't keep a beat, can't dance. So I find that very impressive. But this first one is a real smoldering one. Mm, it is. It's really it's very intimate. It's very for, intimate. For two strangers. Um he like Binds her hands with her shirt, things like that. She blindfolds him at one point. I'm not sure you'd do that to a stripper, but anyway. I mean, I've never personally done that. I I've can't not, confirm or deny from confirm. my level of experience. I've had zero experience with strippers. so I've had a margin more than you at a hen's party. Oh, actually, if we're counting hen's parties, then yes. I've had someone dance on me. Did I tell you about um, at the hen's party that I'm at? Because that's... A, I um, want to hear about it. She's Days and Gays perk is going you, to hen's You parties. are a hen. Because I thought about us going <laughs> to ladies' night, but I didn't know if you counted. Surely. Surely. So they need to change that to she's Days and Gaties' night, obviously. Duh. <laughs> I know you and I have a, a separate side project about <laughs> okay. this. Um, we do. Anyway, <laughs> so they're doing the smoldering dance. He takes his top off. My only other thought... That is ruining, I believe, everything else about this film. The teenage narrator really sets up the believability for me. Mm-hmm. I've suspended disbelief. He has no business being that ripped if he is a 40-something man who no longer dances or does physical labor for money and, in fact, just tends bars. Agreed. His relationship has gone down the toilet. His business has gone down the toilet. He doesn't dance. He doesn't do any hard work. He just tends bars. Why is he so ripped? So I had a thought in a similar vein, and this is going to make me sound in- completely insane. Please go on. <laughs> We're still in the opening scene. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we have a lot to say about the opening, and then I've got a lot to say about the end. <laughs> okay. Um, a-, a thought that I had was that um, because he had been tending the bar, so he was no longer in his bar clothes by the time. So if you've not seen it... Um, the it opens. Um, it's this sort of outdoor party at a fancy house, like at a near a large body of water. He's tending an outdoor bar. He's dressed in like what you would expect a you know a sort of white collared shirt. Yeah, like a pants. waiter yeah. for hire kind of deal. Yep. Um, and then it cuts to the party's over. He's coming inside. She's on the phone. Blah blah blah. Right. He's been sent inside by her friends, but he's no longer in his. Um, no, he's in his like tricky yeah, clothes. Yeah, he's in his like he's in his comfies. Right? Yeah. So the thought that I had, oh god, and I because you and I have talked about this a little bit in the last few days because okay. it's been so hot. Um, I couldn't stop thinking about. I was like, he's not. He's gonna be sweaty and a little bit grimy and a little bit gross from being at work. Maybe he's showered because he's changed. I don't believe it. He's changed. He could have showered. I don't believe he's he showered. He could have gone for a swim. No, nah, he's at a venue. I would let him sweat on me. Anyway, it's beside the point. <laughs> it's beside the. But like, I just. I found that so, I know it's crazy, but I found it so utterly unbelievable. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Also, and I said it to you immediately, his phone was so clean clean clean. and so perfect. Like, because there's a phone call. Yeah, too brand new. And I was like, 
that phone's not real if he's working bars and there's a regular human. Nobody owns that phone. No one owns that phone. Okay. My next thought, which is it it sort of adds on to the he's got no business being that ripped. Yeah. They almost try and explain that in the dialogue. So oh, did they? I must have missed that. So the next bit of the plot, and there's way more plot already than the other two movies combined. In the first seven minutes. The next bit of the plot is that she is going to pay him $60,000 to go to London with her for a month to work on a project that is not him stripping, but she won't tell him what it is. But it's not sex work. She says, I've got a job for you. And, yeah. she, and they get on a plane. And then they're on a private jet. And she says to, she offers him, this is so funny. It's like, I'm genuinely certain they wrote this in to explain his body. She offers him some crudités, some vegetables. And he says, I don't eat vegetables. And she says, how do you stay so fit then? Like, why do you look like that? And he says, it's genetic. Ah, (laughs) actually, I did catch that. That is the weirdest set of dialogue to write into something ever. It has to be there to explain him being in his 40s after everything going wrong in his life and not having a gut. I reckon that that is a retcon in post. Like, okay, so um, a retcon is a retroactive continuity. Yeah. Um, I think they've gone in to make it make sense. I reckon reckon they're they're in post. They film the whole thing and then someone's watching and gone, thought what you thought. Literally. That doesn't make sense. And they've had to insert a scene. They have. They have. It's just this like weird. And then he says to her, how are you so rich? And she says, it's genetic. Yeah, and then that's, that's the, the whole scene. That's the end. But it did remind me, I've told you my broccolini story, haven't I? I reckon you probably have, <laughs> but remind me. It reminded me, one, that one of my deal breakers for dating is men who won't eat vegetables. I know about this one, yes. So that's one of my deal breakers. That's also one of mine. It's on my list. I can work with a meat and three veg guy, but he's got to be open to the veg. He's got to actually consume it. I think that's reasonable because considering that you actually don't like most fruit. So in that moment, mm. I'm like far out. I couldn't even date Magic <laughs> Mike. I don't know oh, why I said yeah. that. Like that's the lowest option. Like, oh, I couldn't even date Magic Mike. You've got very high standards. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway, so it reminded me of a very sweet man that I used to see in some kind of situation ship. Um, who Great term for it. He was sort of discovering cooking. And he made me go down the IGA to show me something he'd discovered. And I got to the IGA, Little Town IGA, and what he had discovered was broccolini. No. Now, my family have been eating broccolini my whole life. Same. out of sheer love, I pretended I'd never seen broccolini. (laughs) Oh, my giddy aunt. And he cooked it and he cooked it beautifully. But in the process of cooking it, he told me that broccolini isn't a different species or like a variety of broccoli. It's actually the female form of broccoli. And then he moved straight on. And I thought nothing of this. That's not true though. Like I just absorbed that. (laughs) And I didn't realize I'd absorbed that until I moved. They're actually all derived from mustard. I moved into a share house and my housemate was cooking. Mm -hmm. And he was making broccolini. And I, for unknown reasons... Just you went, didn't. Oh, my. Did you know? I went, did you know broccolini is the female broccoli? Because it's the one that... you checked yourself. <laughs> this is several years later. And he then goes and, I assume, tells all of the boys at footy. And they tell all their girlfriends. And it gets around town that um, Zoe told this person that broccoli is, broccolini is female broccoli. Until eventually, the original man that I no longer see that told me this has to go to me. Um, have you been telling everyone in town that broccolini is female broccoli? And I went, well, I, I told one person. And he went, you know, I was joking. No. I didn't. Why would you joke about cruciferous vegetables? <laughs> you have made me the laughing stock of the town. <laughs> Uh, I just accepted that because it's long and skinny and pretty. (laughs) (laughs) That is very reasonable. (laughs) Okay, so that's what that came to mind for me when she's like, I don't eat vegetables, I'm just genetically ripped. (laughs) Oh, for goodness sake. No, I I like it. 
Um, uh. You, because I know you had a lot to say about this because you sent me a screenshot of your okay. seven minute memo to yourself about. Things I wanted to say. <laughs> so I had a question for you because I think we have the same thought. I was watching these opening few scenes, maybe 15 minutes into the film, and I'm watching the lead woman. Yeah. And I'm like, that could be me. There is something about this character that is a bit me, but I'm like, no, that's crazy. And then you, at a certain point, elbow me and you just go, that's you. (laughs) What was it? Um, I think it was several things because... Subsequently, for the rest of the film, I also pointed out um, who I felt every character related to in our You do lives. this with every film and apparently it's a bit of an ADHD trait. Oh, is it? Yeah. I, I think it's because I just want to see the connections everywhere. Yeah. Apparently that is what lots of people with ADHD do is everything they watch, they assign a human from their actual lives. Yeah, I think it is. And I think it's to do, I think I've but told you before. this is the first time one of them has been me. Uh, I think I am very careful about assigning anyone to you because there's no one quite like you. Okay. <laughs> it was, I was like, we've had this. What is it about this woman? I, I can't, can you remember, because this might help me. Um, can you remember at what point I said it to you? What was happening in the film? Uh, this, this reveals a bit about me. I think it might have been the bit where she is like, I will actually pay you to not have sex with me. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'll pay you to leave me well alone in that department. (laughs) Yeah, that might've been it. (laughs) Um, I think it was, I just think it was how tenacious she was actually. (laughs) She was like a bit terse, but actually really thoughtful. Yeah. And, um, I think it was something, it was also to do with her, there was something about her actual, like, the physical fashion and the things that mm. she that she seemed to like. Like, because her character had a very strong, um, I don't know, like, you, you could tell the kinds of things that she liked. Yes. Right? Um, and, you know, like, the fabrics and the, and the colours. And, the, yeah. and I think that... I think there was really strong visuals around that that reminded, made me think of you. Yes. Uh, you know, just because I know that you, like you, you you have a lot of bold color. Yes, I love a bold color. Um, you the know, orange pantsuit. And um, I don't know. That just, it was something about her demeanor. It was something about her. There was something about her. I don't know what it is. I'd have to watch it again. <clears throat> anyway, as the film progresses, this is another thought I've had. Basically, she is using theatre to exact revenge on her ex. And also to play out an actual fantasy she has in her real life in the theatre. Yes. And I just think normalise revenge theatre. Because <laughs> 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 I've introduced my, con- my friends to the concept of revenge buying houses after breakups. That's a really good one. Just like you have a breakup. You thought you were going to have a future together. You had sort of shared goals. Now you don't keep pursuing your goals. Yeah. You keep them on your social media until you post the picture with you and that sold sign. Then delete. You're right. I did a thing and then they're gone. Yeah. And then they're gone. So I I firmly believe in the revenge purchase of a house or the like revenge <laughs> milestone. I think revenge theater is also an excellent one. I'm into that. And I'm wondering how we can... Um, Insert this into our lives. The plays we could write. Because you and I have been talking about playwrights for years. I remember being on the bus in high school talking about like the play of our life. Because you're gonna write something. Because you wanted Hilary Duff to play you. Lord. When we were I probably wouldn't make that same choice now, but (laughs) But at fourteen that's what you wanted. Yeah, absolutely. Um She's excellent actress. Yeah. And she she refused to lose weight for Gossip Girl, even though they told her to. Queen. She, God, she's a queen. Queen. Um, but yeah, I, I think that we could definitely lean to revenge theatre um, or revenge performing arts. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm into that. I'm into that in a big way. The other thing I want to talk about is the kind of butler character who plays a big role in this film. I don't actually know what his real name was because I just kept thinking he was your dad. 
He <laughs> he was. Like if my dad had not through no fault of his own <laughs> become deceased, <laughs> if he had continued living, that is who he would be right now. If he hadn't been unalived, he would be the guy in the film. <laughs> like I think he'd be partial to those nice jackets, the tweedy ones. Yeah. Um, he'd everything have a grey beard. Everything he did and every interaction he had, it just reminded it was me of uncanny. your dad. <laughs> it was so weird because I'm at a point in time where like, like my memories are kind of getting fuzzier. Yeah. Where they're like, I remember the plot points and I sort of remember the things that happened, but my visuals of them mm. are getting fuzzier and fuzzier. Except when I dream, interestingly. Oh. Dreams are very vivid. So it was really, really uncanny because you are absolutely right. Like that would be him right now. There was something about just the holding of his tongue all the time. Like, because I remember this about your dad. He would stand often to the edge of the room. Yes. And you could tell he was thinking of 500 things to say. Yeah. And not saying anything. And any not of them. saying them. And that was the power of your dad. Absolutely. And then there's a scene where Channing Tatum as Magic Mike is like, you, you're clearly thinking of something, just effing say it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was your dad. Absolutely. And then what he did say was always like cutting or perfect. Yeah. Like yeah. heartfelt or cutting. Yeah. There's no, there's no in between. It was really wild. Because I held off making that comparison because I'd already thrown you under the bus and then, <laughs> like making you the lead character. And then I think I had made a comparison to- My friend's mum. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, your friend's mum. We located that that was my friend's mum. And one of the strippers, your friend's sort of first serious boyfriends. Oh, Misha the stripper, yes. Yeah. Not that Misha was actually a stripper. He was in the show. He was he was Russian, but Misha, not a stripper. Misha was a Russian prince. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. They all are, I think. No, they, no, I wonder no. if he's fighting. Anyway. Anyway, moving along. <laughs> moving right along. But yeah, no, that cracked one with the glasses. Oh. I was like, mm. Yep. <laughs> so, all in all, this was an excellent film. It... The other thing that cracked me right up about this film was it's like overt attempt at feminism. Yes. Yeah. It was so funny. Like it cracked me up all the way along that he would be like, well, we're making a film about women, a play about women. We should probably have a woman in it. And then she's like, are you calling me a chauvinist? (laughs) (laughs) I am the feminist here. (laughs) (laughs) And then they do a whole number. The number that they play out they sort of show you them rehearsing several times and then they play out in the final scene for the longest is one where the MC says, there's no sexier act of submission than asking for for permission. permission. And then it's a whole, whole number about consent. It's, it's actually very good. It's very hot as well. Like they did a really good job about it, but the hilarious and the, there's this teenage adolescent kid who's like, noting whenever something's not woke or like yeah. not very cool or outdate. I thought it was so funny and an indication that they knew their audience. I, yeah, I agree with you 100%. It was very, very well done. Um, I, I, I think that was probably my favorite dance. It was so funny. Yeah, it was my favorite dance. Um, I, like I know that the, the end one that was supposed to be the sort of Climactic. love interest arc playing yeah. out was meant to be. It was lovely. Really, it was lovely. It was brilliant, but. Uh, my favorite was the uh, submission permission dance. That was beautiful. It was very, very good. It was very good. Um, so I was at a certain point in the film a little bit disappointed by the lack of group numbers, but by the end, very satisfied. Oh, they all of those played out. <laughs> the final thing was that it had this like weird 2000 sense of humor. Say more things about so, that. So in their revival of this theater show, they need a reason... They need a reason to shift from like a Victorian story to a contemporary strip show. I know exactly where you're going with this. Yes. Okay. Yep. I agree. And they're like, how are we going to make this narrative work? It's And then the the woman who owns the theater is like, it's not like we can just summon a magic unicorn. (laughs) And then the director, Magic Mike, is like, can't we? And then she goes, where am I going to get a horse? I don't have the budget for a horse. (laughs) (laughs) And in the final rendition... They just have like a gold microphone descend from the seal. Oh, look at my biceps. Um, sorry, just caught my own reflection. <laughs> I'm doing a lot of Pilates. They have a gold mic descend from the ceiling um, that is sent by a magic unicorn voiceover. And when you pick up the 
magic mic, you get to make wishes and the unicorn will grant them. And the unicorn is magic mic talking over like the loudspeaker. It's literally just <laughs> the weirdest 2000s chaotic kind of energy of it's, storytelling. It's honest, it's absurd. It's like, <laughs> it's so bizarre. And then everyone is in contemporary gear and she just wishes she could have all these different versions of men. Yeah. Um, all these, she wishes for lots of men. Because the premise is that she has to settle for either being rich and unhappy or with a really nice guy who is really poor. And those are yeah. the only two options. And neither of them set her on fire. It, exactly. Yes. I'm going to say her soul on fire. Yes. And not physically. Not her loins. <laughs> <laughs> There's like cream for that and probably a pill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes people have to take both. It's fine. Yeah. Look, whatever works. Um, anyway. So there's the magic unicorn element and then the money they've printed for the kind of strip element, the fake money says in unicorn we trust. And it's just like this image of a unicorn and it's, I think it's meant to be like, you know, like bills, like money, yeah. notes. Dollar dollar bills. And it's just like, they just fall from the ceiling. Like they confetti. fall from the sky so it's that the women in-, in the audience can pretend to put it in the pants of the strippers. It's, it's crazy. And then partway through this whole big climactic end scene, the screen just becomes a bunch of kittens with the word intermission. That was honestly <laughs> one of my favorite bits. I'm so I'd forgotten about all of this. It just was like, just for 10 seconds, just kittens running around the word intermission. And that was the whole screen. That's all you could see. The last time I saw that happen in a film was in Cat in a Hat. And it's when he is hanging... Uh, from the tree and they think he's a, a piñata but yes! it's actually him and they hit him and then it just says cuts to it cuts and it's a picture of a cat and it just says hang in there baby ah! <laughs> and it's like it elevated so, music like, and then they, <laughs> no one explains the kittens like clearly they weren't seeing the kittens in the show they were just for us yeah it was it was for, it really broke the the like fourth wall i just <laughs> that was just the most it was not what I was expecting. It was way better than I expected. It satisfied me in ways I didn't know, need, know that I needed to be satisfied. And I went home sugar high with a full cup. My cup was full. I zoomed it home. It runneth over. It runneth over. She overfloweth. So I cannot recommend enough that any person of any persuasion go and see Magic Mike 3. The only recommendation I'm going to say is... Have a glass of wine in the car park. Save yourself $18. Oh, extortionate. <laughs> extortionate. And save the boy the psychological damage of having to say Sauvignon Blanc. Because he can't say it. He can't. He's having a savage non-Blanc blank. <laughs> a sauv... A, a in non-Blanc. So you can't even say it because he... Just, he, he butchered cru- it he, so much. It was honestly cruel. Poor baby boy. Oh, the final note that I had is the wine and the slushy hit me. Yeah. And I was like, I can't hold on to this wee for the rest of the show because then I'll have to go during the best scenes and I'll miss a dance. Ah. Uh. So I picked my timing and I didn't want to miss any of this film. So I speed out toward the toilets. In the time that I'm in the toilet, which is not long. Yeah, you were quick. You went down this. You were off like a dog shot in the ass. <laughs> I don't typically move this fast. No. I'm the flash. <laughs> so I'm in the time I'm in the loo... The person on the ticket booth who has to readmit you back into the cinema, who normally just sees that people have gone to the loo and remembers them when they come back, yeah. has changed, switched out. And it's been switched out for a student of mine. Mm. <laughs> and so all this student experiences is me sprinting full pace toward them with my phone held out, shouting, I'm just going back to Magic Mike, and then like scooting my way back into Cinema 8. And you were quick. You were like... Um, I was quick and I was tipsy. You were quick and tipsy, but you were quick like um, you were moving like a gay who's had a nice coffee with ADHD. <laughs> and has somewhere to be. And has somewhere to be. And you're just better. I'm just, we're better. You've be- you're better. You've got somewhere to be. You're moving fast. I'm on my best ally legs, as we've recently discovered they can be called. Ally legs. Yeah, ally legs. Yep. Um, so for those of us who are used to having to keep pace with a speedy gay. <laughs> 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 they move so fast. We've developed ally legs yeah. um, and I was using them to the best of my ability. I think it's so important. But that poor kid had no questions. He was just like... Even if he did, you were not stopping. He was like, go, please go. I was genuinely so surprised about how please fast go. you returned. I can be quick. You were really quick. I just usually don't want to be. <laughs> I have to be properly motivated. <laughs> <laughs> Like anyway, that's our review and we hope you enjoyed. 
next time, what will we report back on? Ooh, uh, have we got things coming up? Maybe we will go sound healing. Yes, I really hope that we do go sound healing with a group of our sort of friends. Um, I would also like to report back on um, social outings, like like group outings. Yes. Um, with people who are not your close friends, but they're Ooh, still organized. I avoid them. Because we've got one coming up this Thursday. <laughs> do we? Yeah. Oh, we're going to a netball dinner. We're going to dinner with our team after a game of netball. We are. So it's a group of people who... I mean, I committed to that, but whether I committed, committed, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll soon find out. Um, so I, I'm going to go and find out because I don't usually attend like events with people I don't, you know. Spend you know, a lot of time you know with. more of these people than me. It's, I, I know all of these people. Yes. Um, um, but I just when I go and do something, it's usually with people I know quite well. Yes. I don't usually go out for social events with people I don't know well. No. Okay. Um, so we have that coming up. I've got trivia that I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go to, but I've got trivia maybe during the week. Yeah. And I'm going to a festival of tribute artists on Ooh. a Sunday. On a Sunday? Yeah. That'd be good. I'm Nervous because obviously good? that'll ruin my 8 p.m. bedtime. Yeah, that that's not good on a Sunday. Um, I'm wondering if I, oh, we've also got something coming up, but oh, it's actually quite, it's a while away. What have we got? We're going to that show, that play. Oh, we are. But that's at the end of March. Okay. Well, maybe we'll record before then. Maybe we won't. That'll be me introducing you to one of my new friends. I have been waiting. Which is always scary. On bated breath to meet this friend. And he's asked that you please don't tone it down at all. Oh, magnificent. <laughs> I, okay. So I'm going to have to have maybe a nap beforehand. Yes. So what day? It's a Friday. Yeah. Do you remember what time it is? I think it's like a 7.30 p.m. show. So if it's 7.30, do you want to go for dinner before? Well, I th- yes, or he has invited us to his place to make have cocktails. Oh, okay. So maybe you. maybe we snack in our own homes first. Yeah. And then we go. Because he lives in Kingston. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, obviously, we're going for cocktails at his house. I'll let him know. <laughs> um, does he listen to the podcast? No. Okay. All right. That's okay. I was going to say he might find out about... Me inviting myself over through the podcast. You were very much invited. Oh, good. Already. C'est magnifique. Yay. So we will have, we might have lots of things to talk about. We've got a few things. Um, in, I don't know if I've got any kind of boring life admin things. It's not just all the Something will stuff. come up. I, I guarantee it, things will come up for us to report on. Um, but other than that, thank you for joining us. It's been great. Um, and we'll see. We hope you enjoyed our 50 minute review of Magic Mike. <laughs> I think this is going to have to be its own episode. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.